This is Because I Said So, parenting advice with love and leadership from the nation's leading parenting expert, John Roseman, syndicated columnist, author, conference speaker, and the only psychologist to point out that psychology has caused more problems than it has solved. From American Family Radio, here's your host, John Roseman. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, John Roseman. The show is called Because I Said So. Because those four words are associated with a traditional parenting paradigm, one that fell out of favor in the 1960s and which I am trying to single-handedly resurrect. For those of you who might be joining the program for the first time, I am a family psychologist. However, I do not believe in psychology. I think Christians should keep their distance from psychotherapists, psychologists, mental health professionals of all stripes. In fact, the only sort of counseling that I recommend is counseling that is biblically based, in other words, based entirely, strictly, 100% on a biblical worldview. The sort of counseling that is provided by people who are trained and certified by the International Association of Biblical Counselors For more on that fine organization, you can go to iabc.net. You can even find a trained biblical counselor in your area through IABC. So today I'm going to talk about children's fears, and I'm going to begin with a question that I received from the parents of a four-year-old girl who, they tell me, has developed several fears over the past year or so that have become disruptive to the entire family on a regular basis. The girl's fears started with a fear of dogs, which the parents say is, quote, inconvenient, end quote, given that there are lots of dogs in the neighborhood. And since then, the girl has become afraid of noises at night, wind, In response to wind, she becomes afraid, apparently, that a hurricane is coming, and she's also afraid of dying in her sleep. Needless to say, she's anxious a lot of the time. I'm quoting from the parent's letter at this point or email. We've talked to her, reassured her, and so on, but nothing has worked. She's becoming a wreck, and so am I. I assume the I is the mother. Should I take her to a counselor? If not, then do you have any advice? And of course, I wouldn't be reading this email on air if I didn't have advice. Now, would I? So yes, I've got some advice. My first piece of advice is do not, under any circumstances, take a child this age to a mental health professional with rare and very selective exceptions. And I mean so selective that I don't even know what they are yet. Uh, No one has ever presented a young child's problems to me or a young child to me for whom I have recommended psychological counseling. Now, let me give you the history of, of this as it pertains to me. When I came out of graduate school, I was trained to counsel or do therapy, whatever you want to call it, with children. And so I did exactly that. I would go into my office with a child, 
five years old, seven, 10, 12, 14, and I would talk to the child about the problems the child was having, usually behavior problems, but sometimes, as in the case of the girl in question, the four-year-old girl in question, the problems involved emotional issues like fears, anxieties, persistent thoughts, and so on and so forth. And after doing this for a number of years, talking to children, and, and it, it was always something the parents wanted me to do. You know, they, they would say, when are you going to talk to our child? And so I would talk to their child. And I would ask questions like, why do you think you're behaving this way? And why is it that you don't obey your parents? And how do you feel just before you begin throwing a tantrum? And, you know, all the sorts of uh, stock in-trade questions that I was taught to ask when I was in graduate school, learning to be a psychologist. And these kids would tell me things, and it took me a long time to realize that what they were telling me was usually, almost always, completely irrelevant to any solution to the problem, and maybe even completely irrelevant to the problem itself. In other words, the children weren't telling me anything that was important, anything that was useful. And I realized, and, and this was maybe after, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 years of doing this, that talking to a child about problems the child was having, behavior problems, emotional problems, problems of thinking, whatever the problem was, was a grand exercise in spinning everybody's wheels, wasting the parents' money, and getting nowhere, and perhaps I even concluded, in some cases, making the problem worse. And so, I stopped talking to children, and I began telling parents who came to see me in my practice, when they would ask, when are you going to talk to our child? I would say, I'm not going to, because I don't think that there's anything of value that your child can tell me. Your child is after all, only seven years old and doesn't really have a very good understanding of his or her own life. And I don't think that the child is going to be able to help me come up with a solution to the problems you're having with him or her. And sometimes when I would tell parents that, they would never come back for another visit. And that's what caused me to begin realizing that parents seem to want to believe that the problems they're having with their children are originating from within their children, that their children are producing these problems the way that a factory would produce widgets, and that if I wasn't going to talk to their children, they wanted nothing to do with me. They wanted none of it. Apparently, they thought that in graduate school, I had learned magic words or special incantations that I could say to or chant over a child that would magically cause the child to realize the error of his or her ways and stop doing whatever he or she was doing. So back to the question at issue here, these parents are asking about a four-year-old daughter who's developed over the last year fears of dogs, wind, dying in her sleep, noises at night, and the mother, I presume it's the mother who's, uh, who is uh, asking the question, says, should I take her to a counselor? 
If not, then do you have any advice? And my advice is, first of all, with rare and, as I said, very selective exceptions, so selective that I have never once come across an exception, I strongly, unequivocally, emphatically, in no uncertain terms, recommend against having children or letting children and especially young children, talk to mental health professionals. And remember, folks, I am a psychologist. I'm licensed by the North Carolina Psychology Board. I don't believe in psychology. I don't believe in psychological theory. I don't believe in psychological therapy. I don't believe that psychology qualifies to be what is called a restricted profession. A restricted profession is a profession that you need a license handed to you by a state licensing board in order to practice. I think my own profession is uh, completely 100% bogus. It is an ideology. It is not a science. And uh, in that regard, it is an ideology or worldview that stands in 180-degree opposition to a biblical worldview. And I possess a biblical worldview, and I believe that a biblical worldview reflects the truth, and anything that is not consistent with a biblical worldview is a lie, and therefore I believe psychology is a lie. And I'm not saying that psychologists are in the service of Satan or that psychologists are a bunch of liars. I'm simply saying that the ideology in which they are trained is a bunch of lies. There is no truth to it. And I have no doubt. I mean, I'm a member of the profession. I've met a lot of psychologists, and a lot of them are very good, sincere people who are trying to do good in the world. But folks, very sincere, good people who are trying to do good in the world can be deceived. And at one time in my life, I was deceived by psychology, and I am absolutely convinced that it is a deceptive philosophy that depends on man's own traditions and not on Christ. And what I did just now, many of you realize this, is I quoted almost directly from Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, where Paul prophetically warns believers against investing in, believing in, he calls it being taken captive by deceptive philosophies that lean on, and I'm borrowing here from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that lean on man's own understandings. That's not what Paul says in Colossians, but in effect, he is saying that this relates very directly to what we are told in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Paul is warning us against getting involved in deceptive philosophies that depend on man's own understandings and not on Christ. There is no research-based body of evidence that would verify the general efficacy of any form of child therapy. Christian brothers and sisters, if you've got your children in therapy with somebody, get him or her out of there. First of all, you are wasting your money. Secondly, and this is a conclusion that I've come to over the course of my now 40-plus year career, 
I've collected a significant body during that time of anecdotal evidence to the effect that exposing a child to psychological counseling often, perhaps more often than not, in fact, makes matters worse. Okay, I've run out of time in this first segment of the show. Hang tight. I'll be back right after this break. Thanks for staying with us, those of you who did, and thanks for joining us, those of you who did. I'm the host of the show, John Roseman. The show is called Because I Said So. It's all about what we in America now call parenting, and I'm talking today about children's fears, psychological therapy, a psychological worldview, and so on and so forth. The question that prompted this discussion was a question from the parents of a four-year-old girl who's developed over the last year fears of noises at night, wind, fear of dogs, and fear of dying in her sleep. And the parents are asking if they should take her to a counselor, and I'm saying absolutely not. Now, some of you, and especially those of you who heard the first part of the show, may ask at this point, well, John, You seem to believe in biblical counseling, counseling based strictly, exclusively, 100% on scripture, on a biblical worldview, and yes, I do. Then John, someone may be asking, and more than one, perhaps, what about letting children talk to biblical counselors? Well, with no offense intended to biblical counselors, I don't believe children should be in counseling or therapy of any sort. So let me make this as clear as I can. I believe that no one who is a Christian believer in our Lord Jesus Christ should get involved with a mental health professional, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, clinical social worker, Anyone whose professional philosophy or ideology reflects a psychological worldview is included in that. I do not believe that any practicing, believing Christian should get involved with any individual who represents the mental health professions. But I don't believe that any child should get involved with any therapist at all. So Christians, I recommend that if you feel you need counseling, and I believe in counseling, that Paul believes in counseling, he refers to counseling. He says that the Christians in Rome are competent to counsel. And so, yeah, I believe in counseling. But I only believe in counseling based on Scripture, based on a biblical worldview, And so if you're an adult Christian and you are having a personal emotional issue, go see a biblical counselor. If you want to go see somebody, go to IABC.net, find a biblical counselor in your area and go see that person. But a child, no, I do not believe that children should go see counselors of any sort I make an exception to this with teenagers. If a teenager says, I want to, his parents, I want to go see 
a biblical counselor about an issue that I'm having, and I wouldn't expect a child to be to possess the intellectual sophistication to ask the question until age 14, 15 or so. But if a, a teenager says, I want to go see a biblical counselor about an issue that I'm having, sure, the child should go see a biblical counselor. But if a six-year-old has fears, anxieties, persistent thoughts, a behavior problem, throws tantrums, whatever. No, no, no. That child, that age, should be seeing no counselor whatsoever. Why? Because children this age cannot bring about a solution to these sorts of problems in their own lives. The people who can bring about those solutions are adults. Therefore, the counselor should be talking to the person who can bring about a solution. Listen, folks, I've been doing this for a long time. I can tell you what children tell you about the problems they are having is not worth the time spent with the children in question. What uh, mental health professionals do, and I'm talking about people who possess a a, uh, psychological worldview, which is an atheistic worldview, by the way, all the major theorists, uh, movers and shakers throughout the history of psychology, beginning with Sigmund Freud, have been atheists. Uh, why would we Christians, if we want to live a proper life, go see an atheist for advice? The problem with a child going to see a therapist or a counselor is that almost invariably, therapists talk to children about their fears, their anxieties, persistent thoughts, as if they represent something meaningful. The prevailing ideas that these sorts of things represent deep-seated issues that the child in question is incapable of expressing in any other way. For example, a child's inability to tell her parents that they haven't been giving her enough attention since a baby brother arrived in the family a year ago is expressed in the form of frequent tantrums. Now, that's an example. It's an actual true-life example. That's what a mental health therapist told the parents of a five-year-old girl who's been throwing wild, disruptive, frequent tantrums. This is what the therapist told the parents, that the child is throwing these tantrums because she can't express in words the fact that she hasn't been getting enough attention ever since her baby brother arrived in the family a year ago. Folks, explanations like this are purely speculative. They can't be proven. And by the way, the therapist suggested that the child, age five, had childhood bipolar disorder which is not a reality. It is a construct. And of course, if the parents had not gotten the child out of counseling and ended the relationship with the therapist, the next step would have been, guess what, to recommend medication for a five-year-old child. Do you know, folks, that there are over 9 million children in America today who are taking dangerous psychiatric medications, nine million 
children. You probably, whether you know it or not, know quite a few. What the mental health community generally fails to understand is that a child's thinking and emotions need as much, if not more, discipline than her behavior. See, here's a, here's a widespread problem in America. When we based our parenting on a biblical worldview, and that ended in the 1960s, we understood what Proverbs 22.15 clearly says, and that is that a child's emotions need disciplining. Foolishness is bound in the heart of the child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. And by the way, I've said in previous shows, clearly the rod of discipline in that context is a metaphor for powerful, godly discipline on the part of parents. It is not a reference necessarily to a spanking And parents in the pre-psychological parenting age also understood that in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, God's first specific instruction to parents concerning the discipline of children, he is clearly saying that their primary responsibility is to discipline, train how their children think, that their primary responsibility is to train how their children think. It says, impress these commandments, which for our purposes can be translated, impress biblical values upon your children at every possible opportunity. Train their character, train how they think, train a proper worldview, and the only proper worldview is one based on God's word. Just in general, folks, concerning fears and persistent thoughts, anxieties, etc., the more adults talk to a child about them, the worse they become. One such conversation is enough, and it needs to contain the message that the fears, thoughts, and question do not represent reality and are not going to alter, much less dictate, parental decisions or parental behavior. In situations of this sort, I encourage parents not to explore the child's fears or thoughts, not to ask lots of questions about them, but to simply tell the child authoritatively but lovingly that fears are common during childhood, they do not represent things that are likely, and that life is going to go on as usual in the family. In other words, and back to the five-year-old child whose parents wrote the email that uh, prompted this entire show, The girl doesn't want to take a walk through the neighborhood because she's afraid of dogs. She goes on a walk anyway. The parents decide we're going on a walk. The fact that you are afraid of dogs does not alter the decision we have made to take a walk. She doesn't want to go outside because the wind is blowing. She's going outside anyway. The fact that she is afraid of wind does not alter the parent's decision that she is going outside. She's afraid to go to bed because she thinks she's going to die in her sleep. And by the way, this was one of my daughter's fears when she was young. The child is going to bed anyway. The parents simply say to her, well, 8.30 is your bedtime. I'm, you're not going to die. We've talked about this. We're not talking about it anymore. And the only way you're going to find out that you're not going to die is to go to sleep. So go to sleep. Good night. Kiss. Kiss. Say your prayers, et cetera, et cetera, out of the room. 
And by the way, folks, sometimes crying is a necessary purgative, purgative. Sometimes crying is a necessary purgative and should be allowed. It should probably be contained, for example, in the child's room, but allowed. When all is said and done, a child who has become caught up in and carried away by the sort of randomness that often characterizes a child's thinking and feelings needs parents who will act quickly and authoritatively to keep her grounded, who will continue to steer a straight course in the face of the child's tempest. Folks, thanks for joining the show. Glad you could be with us. The show is broadcast every Saturday on American Family Radio exclusively at 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Central, etc., etc. God bless all of you. God bless your families and hope to see you next week.